Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Well, good morning or good afternoon, whatever time you're watching this and wherever you're joining us from. It is so good to have you with us today. My name is Josh, and alongside my wife, Joanna, we have the privilege of pastoring Lighthouse Church North County as its campus pastors. And wasn't worship phenomenal? I hope it, I hope it blessed you as much as it blessed me. And, um, you know, we're going to get ready to go into the Word now. And before we do that, there's just a couple of things that we love to say here and that we love to do online. And first off, would you do us a favor and drop a comment in the comment section and let us know where you are watching from. We love to see where you are tuning in from. Come on, if you're from San Marcos, Vista, Oceanside, Fallbrook, Chula Vista, Washington, let us know. It's always a joy to see who is tuning in and who is receiving. And you know, the second thing that I'm going to ask you to do right now before we get into this message is to share the link and share the love. So hit that share button on Facebook. Let them know that we're getting ready to jump into the sermon. If you're watching via YouTube, share that link out with someone and let them know we got a message coming to you and you'll never know how they can be impacted through the word. All right, y'all ready? Let's go now into the gospel of According to St. Mark, we're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 5, beginning at the 25th verse. We have been in this series called Above All. And in this series, we have been looking at all of the different miracles that Jesus performed while he was here on earth. And we're doing this because we want to learn more about Jesus. Because when we see what he's done, we get to know better. Um, we get to learn and, and know who he is. So when we've seen what he's done, we know who he is. And, and so we're going to unpack now another story here in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And it reads as follows. And there was a woman in the crowd who had a hemorrhage for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors through the years and had spent everything she had to pay them but she had not gotten better. In fact, she got worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched the fringe of his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his clothing, I will be healed. There's other translations where it says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Verse 29. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel that she had been healed. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, all of this crowd is pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? There were so many people, disciples couldn't even fathom him um, being able to isolate a single touch. There must have been people touching him, um, touching his shoulders, touching his arm. Lots of people just wanting to touch the, the, the master and the rabbi, Jesus. And verse 32 says, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell down at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, 
your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You have been healed. And in other versions, it says your suffering is over. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought. I am not done with you. I am not done with you. Can we pray one more time together? Father, we thank you for this moment that we share. We're thankful, Lord God, for everyone that is tuned in to watch this message. Father, I pray that you speak to us. Father, I pray that you would, through your word, just show yourself to us. Just give us something fresh that we can hang on to in this moments together, Father, as we now turn into what you are saying. Father, I pray for open hearts and open minds and open ears. Lord God, help us to be attentive to what you're saying in this moment. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I am not done with you. We are living in a great cultural moment right now. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you've heard that before, but we are living through a great cultural moment. It has been over a century, over 100 years since we have had to live through a global pandemic. Coronavirus isn't the first pandemic that's hit this world, but it is the first one that we've had to live through in over a hundred years. And we have been in lockdown quarantine mode since March. It's been easing up and, and, and you see cases surging and, and people are, are, are going back to their homes. And so this is a moment in time that I think we're going to remember for decades, if not centuries after the time that we're living through right now. Now, if you would couple that with some things that we've seen in the last few weeks, um, you have seen America protesting. As a matter of fact, you've seen the world protesting after the death of George Floyd. And now you're beginning to see that th this, this um, reignition, if you will, this igniting over racial divide. And, and there's this cry for justice that's layered on top of this pandemic. And so when we say we are living through a great cultural moment, I want you to understand it's not just the pandemic, but it is this worldwide, it is this, this global um, cry out for justice, um, that, 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 you know, crying out for black lives, that they matter. And, 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 that, and just that statement in and of itself incites so many feelings in so many people. Um, but, but, you know, the thing about great cultural moments is this. There are markers in great cultural moments. There, there are events in great cultural moments. There are, there's language that comes out of great cultural moments that stick with us. And one such phrase in this cultural moment is this, the cancel culture. How many know what I'm talking about when I say the cancel culture? The cancel culture is something that has reemerged in this cultural moment, and we're hearing it talked about a lot lately, cancel culture. And if you don't know what cancel culture is, let me read to you the definition of what cancel culture is. It is a form of boycott in which an individual who has shared a questionable or controversial opinion or has had behavior in the past that is perceived to be offensive recorded on social media, and therefore they are canceled they are ostracized shunned by former friends followers and supporters alike that that's what the cancel culture is it is catching you at at, at, a, at your worst moment and saying because you said that i'm gonna cancel you i'm gonna ostracize you i'm gonna shun you you are no longer a part of my life even if part of your life meant you just follow them on social media they don't know your name but you're like cancel i think they even got an emoji for that right it's like i got, i'm canceling 
you. It's a little bit um, of the gotcha culture sprinkled in there, you know? The, how many know what the gotcha culture is? It's just, it's, we caught you on camera doing something. Doesn't matter that it was 30 years ago. Doesn't matter that it was at the lowest point of your life. Doesn't matter that you might have grown significantly since then. I caught you saying something. So the cancel culture is a little bit of the gotcha culture. And, and, and it's one of these things that we are seeing emerge in this cultural moment. This, this cancel culture. And, and here's the deal. I say all of that. I preface this entire sermon through talking about a cancel culture to bring you to this point right here. I am concerned that the cancel culture that is a marker of the world is making its, its way into the church. Cancel culture is making inroads into the church, and that's a problem for me. And what we are going to do in our time together is we are going to see how Jesus handled cancel culture. So let's go into our text now. Here we find in our text a familiar passage, especially those of you that grew up in church. You've heard about this passage of scripture. It's when Jesus heals the woman, and this is her name now, the woman with an issue of blood. Now what that meant is this woman had a continual hemorrhage for 12 years. Okay? 12 years. Not, not 12 months, 12 years. And so when this woman, we find here in the scripture, when this woman hears that Jesus would be passing by the town that she was living in, the Bible says she believed in herself. Some, some self-talk, some, some positive self-talk. She said, you know, since Jesus is walking by my town, if I can just get to where he is and somehow just touch his robe, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I can be completely healed. That's all we know about this woman. As a matter of fact, this miracle happens when Jesus is on his way to go perform another miracle. Jesus was heading to the house of Jairus to perform a miracle. And this woman, right in the middle of Jesus trying to make his way to another man's house to perform a miracle, she interrupts Jesus. And she says to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Now, that's what we know of this woman. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's what you don't know about a person that you should be more concerned about. How many of you ever uh, had to ask yourself, what don't I know about this person? And sometimes what you don't know about someone um, is more important than what you know about them. Can I get an amen on that? So that's what we know about her. But, but, but I'm intrigued about what we don't know about her. So I want to ask those questions. And so my points come to you today through the form of questions and specifically what don't we know about this woman? Well, here's the first thing we don't know about her, and you can write this down if you're taking notes. We don't know her name. We don't know her name. All we know about her is that she is the woman that had an issue. That's it. That The Bible, long after her miracle was recorded, the Bible simply says she's a woman with an issue of blood. Think about that for a second. Think about what life must have been like for her, for no one to even know her by her name. They, they, they didn't even, they, the Bible doesn't record a name for her because it was that insignificant. Think about that for a second. Your name, your identity, that, that identity that's put on you when you are born into this world. And if you're, hopefully, your parents put a lot of good thought into your name and you got a name that you're proud of. But this woman, no matter how proud she was of her, of her name, nobody knows her by her name. They only know her by her 
issue. Think about that for a second. Imagine it's the first year that she's dealing with this issue. If anyone sees her, they say, oh, there goes that woman. She's that woman with the issue. We don't talk to that woman because she's got that issue. We don't allow that woman to come out and associate with us because she's got that issue. So this woman, she does not have any friends because she's got an issue. And so great is this issue. Now, I want you to catch this. So great is this issue that even after Jesus healed her, none of the writers of the Bible even took the time to figure out what her name was. She's forever recorded as simply the woman with an issue. Now, let me tell you, I've got my own set of issues. And before you look at me cross-eyed, you got your issues too. Listen, we've all got our issues. I had a boss at my previous job and he would always say this. He'd say, Josh, everyone's crazy. Some people are just crazier than the others. Don't say amen too loudly because that crazier person might be sitting right next to you. And if they're at home with you, I'm praying for you in Jesus name. But seriously, the severity of her situation was this. It's not just that she had an issue, but her issue had her. It's not just that she had an issue, but her issue had her. Some of you know what I'm talking about. No, your issue's not her issue, but you know what it's like to be held back by your issue. Can I give you some examples? Some of you can't get the job that you want because of a previous felony. So that issue still has you. Some of you can't get into, some of you are having a hard time finding a spouse right now because of your first marriage and how that ended and that was a failure and it's, it's left you wounded, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's left you broken, and, and that is your issue. Some of you can't move forward in life because of some other mistake in your past, and, and you can't move forward. And, and that's what it means to say that your issues have you. And, and, and so some of you, although your issue is not her, her, your issue is not her issue, you can understand what it's like to have gone through something where now this issue follows you. This issue goes with you. And there are moments where people don't even look at you and see you, but they look at you and they see your issue. You can relate to her. Now, before I give you a message of hope, I got to peel back a little deeper and we got to go a little more into what we don't know about this woman. Here's the second thing that I want you to write down. This woman had been canceled. This woman had been canceled. Here's the reason why. Not only do we not know her name, which was our first point. But here's the second thing. We don't even know where her husband is. Where is her husband? And here's one thing I need to explain to you through Jewish culture and through, through Jewish law. At this time in the scripture, when, whenever a woman was hemorrhaging blood, she was supposed to be put in the backside of the house and not be allowed to be with anyone, including her husband. She was to be put away, if you will, until the bleeding Stop. Now, now, this woman did not stop bleeding for 12 years. So this entire time, she's considered unclean. Now, now, she certainly didn't know it would be this long, but imagine, if you will, her husband. It's been a year now, and she hasn't stopped hemorrhaging. He's probably frustrated. Now we get to five years, and she hasn't stopped hemorrhaging. He's probably losing hope. And then we get to 10 years, and this is probably... This is my speculation where the husband says, I'm out. So she's now been canceled by her husband because he's nowhere to be found. Her husband basically had to make a decision. Do I choose my wife 
Or do I choose my devotion to my faith? And my faith says I can't associate. I can't even be in the same room with my wife. And that marriage didn't survive. And eventually her husband had to tell her, I'm sorry, but I'm gone. And so she had been canceled by her husband. But, but, but here's, here, here's uh, to, to, to put some more pain on top of that pain. We don't know her name. Husband's gone. But, but here's what else we, we hear about her and what we read about her. This woman, through the course of 12 years, the Bible says she spent everything she had trying to get better. I mean, this, by the time it was over, she didn't have two pennies that she could rub together. She had spent everything. And now look, uh, no matter um, how altruistic any doctor would be, uh, you ain't got no money, you ain't get no treatment. And so eventually when the money runs out, not only is she canceled by her husband, but now she's canceled by the doctors. When the money ran out, the doctors canceled out this woman. And the Bible says this, after she had spent all her money, she didn't, not only did she not get better, she actually got worse. And so now, having said all that, this is where we find this woman when Jesus is walking by her in the town on that day. Now maybe you understand her desperation. They don't know my name. They only know me by my issue. My husband, he's gone. As far as medical help, I've exhausted all that. I have no other options, but if I could just get to Jesus. And the, the hope that we have in Jesus is simply this. And I want you to write this down, and then I want you to circle it, and then I want you to highlight it, and then I want you to yell it. I want you to say, we do not serve a God who cancels people. We do not serve a God who cancels people. We do not serve a God who has bought into cancel culture. Let me tell you something about the God that we serve. There was a man in the Bible whose name was Jacob. Jacob was a deceitful man. Jacob was a liar. Jacob deceived his father. He deceived his brother. He would deceive anyone that he could deceive. That's who Jacob was. But God did not cancel Jacob, even though Jacob had a lot of mistakes and a lot of issues that he needed to work through. The Bible says that God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, which means power with God to give him a brand new identity. God did not cancel Jacob. Let me talk to you about a woman named Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute who lived in Jericho. And the Bible records that when Joshua and Caleb came to spy on the city of Jericho, it was Rahab, this prostitute woman that came to their side and helped them. And when God rained down the fury of heaven on that city, God did not cancel Rahab, but he spared her and he spared her family because God did not cancel Rahab. Let me talk to you a little bit about David, King David. You see, King David, though he was a man after God's own heart, he had his own issues. You see, he committed adultery. He set up the murder of Bathsheba's husband. David was not a flawless man. David was a man who made many mistakes. And yet in all of that, God did not cancel David. Can I talk about Paul for just a moment? Before Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul was a Pharisee and his name was Saul and he would go 
from town to town and arrest the Jesus followers and put them in prison, many of them would then be martyred as a result of simply being a Jesus follower. But Jesus did not cancel and God did not cancel Saul, but he reached out to him. He changed his identity. He gave him a new name. God did not cancel Paul. And what more can we say about the thief on the cross? I'm talking about when they put Jesus on a cross, they put him next to a couple uh, uh, of, uh, of offenders and one of them being a thief. Now this thief, he was sentenced to die. The thief had been canceled by society because society had said this man no longer deserves to live. And yet his in his last few moments, he looked over at Jesus and Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today, you're not just going to die, but today you are going to join me in paradise. God did not cancel the thief on the cross. I say all that to reemphasize the point that God does not cancel people because we are made in his image. He is madly in love with us. And no matter what your issue is, I'm here to tell you today that God is madly in love with you. And even when you get it wrong and even when you fall and even when you make mistakes and even when you say the wrong thing and maybe other people are going to catch you doing something at your worst moment and maybe you're just like someone that's been canceled. Perhaps you did something where you lost friends and you lost family. I've got good news for you. You've not lost Jesus. He has not canceled you because God does not cancel people. You are not canceled. You are not canceled. And I'm coming to a close now. So why do we as a church cancel people when God doesn't cancel people? Why do we as a church cancel others when it's God who says, I'm not done with you yet? As a matter of fact, if you've ever felt like you've been canceled, you might be a prime candidate for God to step into your life and to do the impossible. The problem is religion and religious systems. It's religious systems that have done whatever they can do to highlight a person's fault. And do you want to know what Jesus does? Do you want to know what our loving father does? He doesn't highlight your fault. He highlights his goodness in your life. He will be better to you than you've been to yourself because that's the God that we serve. Listen, I, I, I want you to think about this for a second. While every other person canceled this woman, this woman with the issue of blood, she had just enough faith in herself to believe that if I can just get to where he's at, I can be made whole. And listen to me, some of you that are watching online, let me talk to you for a second. If you feel like someone's canceled you, you've got to get enough faith in yourself that says if I can just reach up and grab a hold of Jesus, I know that I can be made whole because this woman, her healing happened because she didn't give up on herself. This is not some positive self-talk. I'm not here telling you to believe in yourself. I'm saying you got to have just enough belief that says I know that I'm broken and I know that I've made a mistake, but there's a God up in heaven and he doesn't give up on people. I, I'm reaching out my hand now and I'm, I'm raising up my arms now to the God who does not cancel people. You see, he is the God of a second chance. He's the God of a third chance. He is the God of as many chances as it takes to bring you back into his home. He does not cancel people. He reconciles people back to himself. He brings the lost back home. And if you're saying, but pastor, I, 
just so tired. I, I don't know if I can do it. I don't care if you have to crawl your way. Crawl your way to where he is at. Because this is what happens if you can get into his presence. Jesus looks over at her. And, and, and listen to what he says here. He doesn't say, woman with an issue of blood, you've been healed. No, 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 no. What he says is he says, daughter. <laughs> I love that part right there. He says, daughter. Why? Because he affirmed her. No one else knew her name. And I think Jesus knew her name. But by calling her daughter, he reminded her of her position. You're my daughter. You belong to me. I, I know your husband walked out on you, but you belong to me. I know the doctors quit on you, but you belong to me. I know nobody knows your name, but you belong to me. He said, daughter, as he affirms her. And then he says, your suffering is over. Come on, I've come to tell someone right now, your suffering is over. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. He wants to set you free from all of those hangups in your past. You know, the only thing that Jesus canceled, I'm going to tell you what he did. Because he, he didn't cancel people. He doesn't cancel people. Do you want to know what Jesus did? He canceled her issue. And that's the only thing he does. He cancels your mistake. He cancels your broken identity. He cancels your the sin in your life. That's the only thing he did. He said, no, 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 I'm not canceling you, daughter. What I am canceling is that issue that's been plaguing you for the last 12 years. Right there where you're at, I'm, I want to pray with you. So would you just lean in right now in these moments? Would you just maybe put your phone to the side? We settle the kids down a bit and let me lead you in a prayer, everyone that's watching online. Father, we're so, great, we're so grateful for this moment. We're so grateful for your word today. And God, right now, I just pray that as this word went forward, that it would just begin to touch people. I pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus that we would remember, Lord God, according to your word, you don't cancel people. You don't give up on us. As a matter of fact, you are saying to us, I am not done with you. I am not done with you. I pray those words right now reach someone that's watching online, someone that's lost hope in themselves. Let them remember that you are not done with them. Someone that once upon a time was on fire for you. They were so committed to your church and your kingdom. And right now, priorities of life for everywhere speak into their spirit one more time and just say i am not done with you i pray for healing and wholeness right now i pray that we would get a fresh revelation of your mercy i pray that we would get a fresh revelation of your grace lord god and that we would have that same boldness like that woman to just reach out right now and to grab a hold of you in jesus name we pray in jesus name we pray hey listen there's one more thing that i want to do before i let you go and that is to lead you into a fresh start with him. Now, what we say here at Lighthouse is this. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you can do that right now. Or maybe once upon a time you were, um, you were, you were devout. You, you, you were sold out to your faith. You were fired up for God. But life happened and, and priorities shifted and you're not serving him like you once did you can come back home today so right now i want to pray for those that are making a first time decision or someone that's making a fresh start again we're gonna, we're gonna give this another shot if that's you and you'd like to receive christ for the first time or if you'd like to receive him again i want to pray with you one more time and then i'm gonna dismiss you just pray this prayer with me if you're receiving christ again father i thank you for the sacrifice of your son i thank you god for making forgiveness available for me right now 
Right now, Father, I receive your forgiveness. Right now, I call out to you admitting, Father, that I am a sinner, but I am saved by your grace. I right now, Father, renounce my past, renounce my sin, renounce those things that have occupied me and turned my attention from you. And I put them to the side, Father, and I receive you into my life. I receive your son. I receive, Lord God, every good and perfect promise that you have for my life. And today, Father, I make a fresh start. I make a commitment to you. I'm accepting you as Lord and Savior of my life and devoting myself to be a Jesus follower from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.